This is Talk To Me. The official podcast of MetalNexus.net. Your hosts, Joshua Toomey and John Drake, bring you epic rants, anecdotes, and interviews with heavy hitters from hardcore A new life to hair metal. This is Talk To Me. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Talk To Me. I am your new lead host, John Drake. This is episode 127. Tonight's guest will be Frank Novinick of the Mighty Hate Breed. And uh, how's it going, Josh? How are you feeling about your first show as a co-host? Man, I like it. I like uh, taking the back seat. You guys may also know him as uh, Florida Frank and Frank Three Gun, the uh, one of the first guests ever on Talk To Me. So glad to have him back. Definitely a good interview. You said well, we got about a good 40 minutes with him, didn't we? We did. It was a good talk, man. It was a good uh, good to be able to reach out to him and just sit down and uh, and have a nice chat with him. Talk about the upcoming tour where they're playing uh, Satisfaction is the Death of Desire in its entirety and uh, also some select cuts off of Perseverance. It's the uh, 20-year anniversary of Satisfaction is the Death of Desire. What a great debut album. And if I remember right, you, uh, you have a story that you want to tell about a little bit of uh, commerce that you uh, engaged in with Frank. Over some kiss memorabilia, no? Yeah, the the reason I had ever even uh, reached out to Frank was uh, he was on Instagram one day posting about um, posting about some kiss memorabilia, and a- another Facebook group had a uh, had a kiss sale. Like I, I'm assuming it was like a woman who had like kicked her husband out of the house, and she was selling a bunch of kiss memorabilia. And there was a kiss van, uh, remote control 1970s kiss van in the package. And uh, I had just seen it on uh, Toy Hunters. It was like a kind of like Thrift Hunters, Toy Hunters, uh, Auction Hunters, all those shows that were around back then. But uh, the guy had found one and, and, he, and he sold it for like 700 bucks. And the lady was only asking, I think, 100 for it. So when he posted about the Kiss memorabilia, I had posted on his Instagram about, uh, I said that I had the Kiss van that I would sell him. And he asked me how much I wanted for it. I think I sold it for 200 And so he sent me the money for it. Then I bought it from her. And then I mailed it to him and uh, made a couple of bucks off of Frank Novinick. Uh, so that's that's how our email and uh, friendship uh, started was over some uh, some kiss memorabilia. So he got a he got a nice piece of uh, kiss memorabilia. I made a couple of bucks and a good friend. <laughs> that's awesome. Capitalism at its finest. So let, let's just be clear. Uh, I, I I am not the new lead host. I didn't expect you to keep going when I <laughs> when I did that. I was just trying to throw you for a loop at the beginning, but I guess we're off and running. So, you know, before anybody before anybody thinks I'm taking over as the lead host, I knew there were some shenanigans when you're asking me uh, what uh, what episode is this again, and uh, how do you say his last name? I was <laughs> like, ah, I see what's going on here. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was a, that was a nice intro there by uh, what's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> nice intro there by John Drake. <laughs> Well, man, do you have a you have a good iTunes review for? Uh, yes, actually, we do. We do we do have a five star review. Uh, apparently, this is one I was supposed to read last week, but I read them in reverse order. So, good for me. And that's why you'll never be the lead host. <laughs> exactly. And I just got fired. <laughs> so, uh, this one this one back comes... of the room, buddy. <laughs> back in line, punk. <laughs> this one comes from Pizza Guy eighty one. And it is titled, Solid Trip Down Memory Lane. I really enjoy this podcast. Josh does a solid job connecting with his guests, and I especially enjoy that he asks everyone to start at the beginning of their band's proverbial life. 
especially enjoyed the Spine Shank interviews, and wouldn't mind seeing more of the second wave of new metal folks, Ultra Spank comes to mind. Thanks very much, Pizza Guy. We appreciate it. Yeah, that was good stuff. I like the uh, I like anybody named Pizza Guy eighty one. As you can tell, uh, last few weeks talking about uh, joining Primer before Primer, I was a uh, Pizza Guy. I would be Pizza Guy seventy nine, but uh, that would be me. Delivering pizza is like the greatest second job you could ever have. Yeah, that's the problem. Is is for for years and years that was the first job. So that's <laughs> uh, you don't get very far in life being the pizza delivery driver. I don't know, man. Like I. One of my, uh, well, actually, basically my first really serious job after high school, I started as a delivery driver for Marco's Pizza up here in the Cleveland area, and I moved into management uh, after a few months, and there were actually guys, uh, when, I was, when I was running a store, there was two guys in particular that their only job was delivering pizza, and they lived on their own, they always had money, and I was like, I, I thought the same thing, I was like, well... I mean, it's it's a it's a reasonable income, but how did these guys survive? But they did, and they were doing yeah. well. I mean, you can you can uh, you can definitely do it. I think it's I think you definitely have to have a bunch of like beater cars laying around and be able to work on your own cars because you know you you any any car that you have in pizza delivery you're just completely trashing. So you have to have a couple of cars laying around that you don't mind just dogging out. Yep. Oh, dude, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the the brake jobs I had to do on. On cars that I, when I was delivering, was just out of this world. It was crazy. I was eating brake pads <laughs> like it was coming out of a McDonald's drive-through or something. Nice. Well, let's jump into our shoutouts for sharing. That is shoutouts for sharing on Facebook and Twitter. So the shoutouts for sharing the Josh Todd of Buck Cherry and Josh Todd in the conflict uh, go out to Eric Moore, Joel Baggett, Billy Gray, guitarist of Fozzy, shared it. I like that. Uh, nice. Carl Overturf, Sonny Pooney, and the Grown Up Rock Podcast. Kenneth Waugh, Josh Todd in the Conflicts page shared it. Appreciate that. Mike Greiner, Fist from Metal Nexus, Agent Royale, uh, Cesar Flores, Michelle Meyer, Hina, Lady So Divine on Twitter. I like that one. Lady So (laughs) Divine. How probably like a drag queen or something. (laughs) That sounds too much like a drag queen name. (laughs) Right? Some RuPaul (laughs) disciple or something. (laughs) Right. The uh, the band that we uh, featured on there, 100,000, shared it. Appreciate those guys. Steve Savage AC, that's at A-A-U-L-T-1 on Twitter. JJ Garcia, Save Rock and Metal on Twitter. Adam Splitter PR. Uh, Danny Gilliatt, and got to give a huge shout-out to iHeartRadio for also for uh, giving a nice write-up on the episode and also adding us to iHeartRadio. So if you have the iHeartRadio app and you want to check us out over there, just head over to your app, search out the Talk To Me podcast, and uh, I believe you hit the follow button on there and you'll see new episodes, things like that. So uh, thank you to iHeartRadio for now uh, featuring Talk To Me. That's a great platform for podcasts, man. I'm really happy that we're on there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's cool to see us kind of in that mix over there. Uh, I signed us up for a couple of other uh, you know, streaming platforms. We'll see if those come through. Uh, I got Spotify out there, so I know I know a lot of those podcasters trying to pop up on Spotify. Uh, I don't know the. I know. I, I think there's like some inner workings you have to get through to get on Spotify. But uh, we'll see, man. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, I'll let you guys know if uh, Spotify comes through for us. Definitely. I I gotta say, man. I hope uh, maybe down the road, if uh, Josh Todd's got some other stuff going on, we could get him on for. I'd like to get another interview. It was it was kind of a bummer. It's only nine minutes because that was a good interview. That was it was it was some cool stuff. Wish we had had, had some more time. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was a solid dude. It was just kind of funny. Like when I called him, he acted like he had no idea that the, an interview was supposed to happen. But he's like, I've got a few minutes, so let's just knock one out. And so I just kind of like uh, had my list of uh, topics and just kind of ran through them as quick as possible just to get all my uh, talking points in and out. But uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the article that uh, not only Metal Nexus did, but also the uh, article that iHeartRadio did. It's kind of funny to uh, to get a nice nine minute interview and uh, get so many shares like that off of just nine minutes. It makes me realize that uh, you know maybe I don't have to do an hour long interview with people. Just start doing quick five ten minute interviews and uh, get some get some news that way. Maybe like three minutes and out. So what's up with the new record? Well, it comes out on Wednesday. All right. Well, thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> this is so and so from this band. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you one uh, one real quick clickbait interview question. Um, well, how do you feel about the Las Vegas uh, shooting attack? All right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so Charles Manson died this week. What do you week? think your about that? <laughs> <laughs> Gene Simmons is uh, caught groping people. What are your thoughts? Oh, you saw that one coming too. Okay. How is it that all these guys are getting busted and Gene is not one of them? No, he is. Oh, my God. He just got busted uh, a couple of days ago. Thanks for keeping up with the podcast. <laughs> I didn't hear that. He's now banned from Fox News because he went in there to pimp his new book out. And I guess he was, uh, you know, uh, talking down to them. He was, uh, I think he was shaking women's hands and saying, like, pointing out his dick, saying that's his fun machine. It was, it's some bullshit. But yeah, they, uh, and some, some lady, uh, went to Twitter and accused him of a bunch of crap and then went to Fox News's HR. And now he's banned for life from Fox News. So good job, totally, Gene Simmons. I totally missed that. <laughs> and yet I'm not surprised. You're at too all. busy playing your Star Wars video game. Hey, man, Battlefront 2 did come out. I'm doing that one in Call of Duty World War II. I got priorities. All I saw is uh, Words for Friends 2 came out. I might have to download that. <laughs> we have different priorities where video games are concerned. Yeah, I, I honestly had no idea that it happened with Gene, but then again, it was probably just because it was an article that came by. It said Gene Simmons did something piggish, and I was just like, yeah. In other, in other, <laughs> in, in other news, water is wet. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Uh, you know, we got to keep bringing the podcast down. Got to do some uh, rest in pieces. Mel, uh, country superstar Mel, Mel Tillis passed away. Yep. Um, David Cassidy, I don't know if he's passed away yet or not, but I've heard he's on his last leg. And um, Charles Manson. Yeah, that didn't happen soon enough. I was, you know, it's just really surprising. I didn't realize he was like 83 years old. That's crazy. Well, you know, they say only the good die young. So <laughs> that guy was, you know, like a tortoise of some kind. Just kept on, kept on kicking. Speaking of that, did you see what that asshole from System of a Down said? I did. I was actually sent that by our good friend of the show, Mike from MDG Rock Photography, sent that over to me. And he was like, look at this asshat. You know, check it out. So I hate System of a Down. They're one of those bands that I just, if I could eradicate from the face of music history, I would do it because they're that awful to me. And this just... This guy saying, "Oh, I'm," you know, that he's saddened by by Charles Manson passing. It's like, what an idiot! And and then he he goes on these Twitter rants defending himself. Well, I'm not. It's not the murder of Charles Manson. It's his art and his music and stuff that was really influential. And did it, did it, did it. It's it's like, just shut up. Read the room, dickhead. The guy's a mass murderer. You don't. As soon as he's dead, everyone's like, thank God. He's been stuck in prison sucking up taxpayer money for like 46 years. He dies, and you're coming out going, oh, what a bummer. I don't give a shit what you're influenced by, you asshole. 
You know, Hitler was a painter. You don't see Germans coming out when he was killed at the end of World War II going, oh, that's sad because I really like some of his blue period. Read the room, dick. I think you're 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 equating Charles Manson with Hitler. I mean, looking into it, I mean, Manson was only Manson technically never killed anybody, and it was only what nine people total. I mean, you know, Hitler killed what thirty million Jews. So I mean, you're you're a little off there. I, I'm not equating them. I'm not equating them. I'm saying that Hitler was somebody that did artwork as well. That's that was I wasn't saying like they did the same thing. I didn't mean it to sound like that. And by the way, you know goddamn well that's not what I meant. <laughs> You're just trying to egg me on. Can you separate the man from the art? Can you separate your 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 Phil Anselmo racism rants from Pantera? You I think I think there's something in there. And it's not like this is something new with Darren, by the way. He's actually been thinking uh Charles Manson in, in uh, liner notes for years. So it's not like he just popped up out of nowhere and said, Hey, you know, let's get some clickbait and and uh you know be saddened by Charles Manson. You know, and I don't understand technically why Manson was still in jail after all these years. I mean, the people that actually committed the murders for Manson were out before Charles Manson was. So I don't get it. As, as, the, as the ringleader and the guy that had all the absolutely wacky ideas, you know, I mean, think about it. If you can get people to do that kind of thing, if you're, I mean, the, the guy was mentally an absolute master manipulator. You have to leave him in prison because if you let him out, he's going to do it with somebody else. Ah, that's that's not the that's not the judicial system. That's uh, you know that's uh, you don't just keep people in there because of what they might do. You just you they have to they stay in prison for what they've done. They don't. Dude, ask yourself the question: Should I let Manson? Sh- should I let Charles Manson loose on the streets? What what is your answer going to be? Use some common sense. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, he, you know, you work with teams. You you work with teams. He's a good team leader. He's a good motivator. He gets people to work hard for him. Maybe he, you know, he's middle management written all over him. You know, next thing next thing you're going to come out and say that the guys from Decapitated are innocent and that this woman was just asking for it. That's I'm waiting for that one next because you're just like <laughs> you're going down that path. You know, damn well the guy no, should have been in prison. That would that would no the in, in the same in the same equation, you would say that Decapitated is a great band and I love their music. They're just shitty people. Yeah. So what Darren is sitting here saying is Manson did some great art, did some great poetry. He wrote songs with the Beach Boys. You know, if the Beach Boys would have just answered his phone calls and actually did his songs like they were supposed to, Sharon Tate would still be alive to this day with the baby. No. A full, gr- a full I, grown I, baby. I get what you're saying because he likened it to O.J. Simpson. And you know, saying, "Well, you know, he murdered people, like, but you still look at what he did on the football field." Yeah, nobody talks about that anymore because he's he's a goddamn murderer. So when he tried to bring that up, I'm like, "Your point is your point doesn't apply." You know, there's there's nobody going, "Oh, I can't believe O.J. Simpson killed his wife," but boy, you know, I don't know, man. He he is such a great football player. No, everyone's like, "Okay, the guy's a thief and a murderer." That's that's all there is to it anymore. At, at some point, you're you're endeavors outside of chopping people up or getting other people to chop people up just don't matter and if you are influenced by charles manson that's fine first of all you're a douchebag but second of all right when he dies and everyone's like thank god don't come out and sit there try to defend the guy because what did you think was going to happen you think people are going to like listen to you rationally oh well you know you got a point there no you're going to get crapped on like you did so Again, as I said a couple times, read the room. 
I think too. I think people. I think people in this day and age also like uh, make heroes out of villains. I mean, you know, you love the Joker. You love, uh, you know, even going back in in history, you love. Uh, you know, uh, who am I looking for here? Uh, you know, Jesse James and all the cowboys that went around killing people. I mean, those dudes killed way more people than Charles Manson had other people kill for him, but yet they're making movies about them. They're like kids are running around with, with cap guns and trying to, you know, play cowboys and Indians and all that other nonsense. I mean, in the, in the, in the grand scheme of the world, Charles Manson, A, didn't kill anybody himself. B only had someone kill like what nine people. That not nine. That's not even ten. That's not even double digits. And he, you know he he's not as crazy as he was crazy as shit. Don't get me wrong. But as for the killing part, he didn't kill anyone. He had other people kill for him. The people that actually killed for him did, did got out of jail before he did. And uh, you know so what he did he made some art. You're so full of crap. Technically, and the the other the, the and the biggest atrocity of this whole thing. Is the fact that you tell me that, that System of a Down is a bad band? They're System awful. of a Down is a great band. They're they're an amazing band. No, and not at all. When I first heard them, I did not get it one bit. I was in your camp. I was with you. But then I went and saw them open for. They were opening for Fear Factory in a small club, and I was like, "Holy shit, this band is fucking amazing!" They were so amazing that we drove three hours the next night to see them again, and then we I've seen them you know many times since then. And they're just one of those bands that have an aura about them on stage. That's just, they're an amazing live band and you have to see them, John. We're going to go see them if they ever tour again. Never, ever, ever. That band is terrible. That, what is it? What, what's that? Chop Suey or whatever. They have those two songs that are just, yeah, goddamn great racket. I, like I've said before, I'm just not into these, these bands that, like they just sound weird for the oh look how original we are. It's so weird, dude. Being weird is nothing. Anybody can be weird, okay? Well, then but you go be weird and and and, and sell as many like albums it. as I don't System like of a Down did. <laughs> I, I you don't like selling albums. <laughs> look, I'm I'm not I'm not. Look, you'll never catch me in a band selling out, singing stuff that I don't care for just to make money. Okay. Wait a minute. I think I think you uh, need to take a look in the mirror. Hey, I'll I tell you right now, if about. I ever come up to Lima, Lima, Ohio, and hang out with the guys in Bo- Brother Believe Me, well, brother, you can believe me that we are going to play a System of a Down song at, at one of your uh, one of your next chili cookoffs. I'm, we're going to do it. <laughs> chili cookoff. You won't you won't see me by that stage. I'll be like, have at it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to get some more beer. But I will say two things right now. A System of a Down, a great band. Charles Manson. That dude was fucked up. So <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little that guy. Like I say, had some mental issues that one. But again, master manipulator. It, it's just you just wonder how many more people would have died if a guy like that had not been caught with the way he could manipulate people into doing these things. That's just scary to think about. Somebody that has that kind of con- that can have that kind of control over people. Yeah, maybe he could be president. So yeah, we can't we can't compare him to Hitler, but we can compare him to Trump. <laughs> There's people out there going, yeah, they're the same, man. <laughs> yeah, Charles Manson, Donald Trump, same kind of guy, man. But uh, 
All right, man. Well, let's get off of uh, Charles Manson and onto the guest of honor this week. And like we said at the top of the show, Frank Novinek, also known as Florida Frank, also known as Frank Three Gun of the Mighty Hate Breed, uh, on the show this week for the third time. Uh, you can go back in the archives and find out uh, he was on my Super Bowl special. He actually is a you know a big giant Broncos fan, uh, so he was on the Super Bowl. Uh, I guess that wasn't last year, the year before maybe. Uh, yeah, Broncos uh, Panthers. That was a good. Uh, Good time having him on for that one. So you can always go back in the archives, check that out. But this is a good one, man. I actually uh, sat down and, and actually like did more research on Frank than I than I normally have, and we actually had a lot of great great talk about uh, how he got into Haybreed and and what the uh, debut album of Haybreed, uh, Satisfaction, is the death of desire uh, meant to him because I knew he was in the scene back then. Um, but he did, you know, obviously didn't play on the album, but, uh, but yeah, that was a game changer for a lot of guys and uh, a lot of bands. So, so we talk a lot about that. Uh, let's get into our cover of the week this week. And that's brought to you by puck hockey. That's P U C K H C K Y.com. Uh, hey, uh, John, do you like, uh, do you like clothes? I enjoy clothes very much. Do you think Charles Manson would have enjoyed, uh, some puck hockey stuff? He might actually, I mean, the Testament stuff is really kick ass. And who doesn't like Testament gear? You know that Puck Hockey does have a line called uh, Slashers and Thrashers. So the uh, Slashers line, he could definitely be a part of the Slashers line. That's going to be their new product. Yeah, reach out to Puck Hockey. I mean, they've got like the, a lot of the first Jason stuff, a lot of uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. So definitely some, uh, tra- the Charles Manson line of the Slashers Puck Hockey stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that uh, send that message after the after the show tonight. <laughs> Time to add a new product line. <laughs> it's topical. It'll make them it'll make them money. Uh, like I said, they got some great hoodies and uh, beanies and some uh, jerseys, uh, t-shirts, all that fun stuff with uh, Testament Exodus Head PE uh, Doyle uh, Thirty Six Crazy Fists Dave Ellison. All kinds of wonderful stuff over there. So make sure to head over to puckhockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Shop till you drop. Use the promo code TALK at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Yes, that is TALK as in Talk To Me for 10% off your entire order. So for the Talk To Me cover of the week this week, we are going to do Hate Breed covering Sepultura's Refuse Resist off of their uh, covers album For the Lions, which is an album that I don't know why I haven't uh, mined that album for a ton of uh, cover of the weeks because it's like that's a great covers album hopefully they do a new one but uh yeah so hate breed doing refuse resist then we will talk to uh frank novinek and then we will talk to you guys on the other side of some music
right, guys, that was a Refuse Resist off of For the Lions, the uh, great Haybreed covers album. And on the line, we have the great Frank Novinick, man. How you doing? Not too bad. How are you today? Doing all right, man. I'm gra- grateful to talk to you today. It's uh, I know you guys are getting ready for the the big uh, 20 years of satisfaction, 15 years of uh, perseverance tour. How's the uh, how are the rehearsals for that going? Well, we actually did a few shows already. We we did a uh, we did a couple shows in Texas right before we did a Slipknot Festival in Mexico. So, um, you know, it, we we it went off without a hitch, and uh, it was good to be able to play those songs again I and mean, it's just it's it's cool to get out there and do something different you know um people see to seem to be and you know it's more plus than minus when it comes to you know bands touring and, and doing whole classic records in their entirety you know and, and and unfortunately for us the first record's all of about 20 minutes so <laughs> we still gotta play a, though, so. right we still gotta play a bunch of different songs so Rather than doing Perseverance in its entirety, which we did 10 years ago for the 10-year anniversary, we did a whole tour of that. Mm-hmm. We're just doing select songs of that, um, some gems that we don't normally play in the regular set. So, um, you know, and, and then I need to have a few other Hatebreed uh, hits, if you will, and, and it makes up a set. And, uh, you know, people seem to enjoy themselves. We did Dallas and Houston um and uh, we'll we'll kick that off uh, here Wednesday uh, night before Thanksgiving, and and, and do a, do a few week run or whatever it is here. So, what's your take on actual bands doing the uh, the, the full album stuff? I saw, I know I saw Slayer do Seasons in the Abyss, and I saw Megadeth do Rust in Peace in its entirety. So, I mean, you know, I'm all for them. So, I mean, how what do you what is your take on on uh, bands doing those type uh, tours? Well, again, I, I think it's cool because it's something it's something different than you normally get whether you're opposed to it or not, I mean, it's kind of hard to deny the fact that you're seeing a band that you love or, or like, or, or go to check out and they're coming through town and, and doing something different than they normally would. It's just the breaks of the monotony anyway. So I think that, that it's, it's, it's all good. You know, I actually was, uh, before I was in hate breed, right before I joined, I, I would, you know, I would jump in the bus with these guys for a week or two and just hang and, one of the times I did that was when they were out with Slayer and Slayer was doing rain and blood in its entirety as an encore every night, <laughs> blasting, blasting through the whole album, you know? Uh, and, and that was just awesome. And, uh, you know, I, there's a lot of bands that, that I, I love and, and I wish that they would do that. And there's some that I've seen and, and they go out and do that. But I mean, it's, uh, a lot of people, the older fans, love, love the first two records, um, and it's just something for them to enjoy, really, at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, I got a chance to see Haybreed a couple of times on the uh, Satisfaction Tour, and I know you posted a nice post on Facebook a couple of days ago about that album. Um, you know, what, what? I know you weren't in the band at the time, but I mean, what is your recollection of, uh, you know, the first, the debut Haybreed album? Um, at that point in my life, to be honest with you, there wasn't really anything in, in, in hardcore scene that was grabbing my attention, you know, to be honest. I mean, I, you know, this is a scene that I, I was in, in the eight, in the eighties and, and it kind of, for me, it, it kind of ran its course as far as like bands making records that had any personality, to be honest with you. And, and, and especially in the early nineties, um, and, and this thing came out, you know, and, and, and you had that whole wave of death metal and earache records that was you know, fr- very fresh still, um, you know, and, and I kind of feel like that Haybreed kind of took, you know, the, the, the grind and the, and the, and the street, uh, you know, the street sounds of, of agnostic run and Chromags and kind of 
had some kind of bolt thrower and tuned influence to it, you know, and it, it just the production and the catchiness, it's it's it grabbed me. And I was like, This is cool, this is different, this is something about this. This kid's yelling, but you can understand what he's saying, you know, very clearly. And I don't know. It was just something that was different. I think the timing was right and the label and everything. And it, it just happened for, for Hatebreed back then, you know. And, uh, you know, I've been friends with them since then. And we had a, until when I was playing Integrity at the time, we've had a long friendship since back then. And, you know, we played shows together and put a split record out, you know. So so my my friendship with them goes way back. So to see the band grow into what it's grown into, prior to me joining it even in 2006 and to be a part of it it's all very cool it, it's all came full circle do you, you you think it's crazy to see a band you know like yours you know a band like Haybreed in 2017 still able to go out and uh, and tour and stuff because i remember i, I kind of take it back but i remember you know the mid-90s hardcore scene you know kids playing on uh on you know the, on the floor in front of the stage and you know maybe not even playing through the pa and it, it just seemed like a very kind of a niche market and it kind of seemed like something you would do maybe before you went to college, but you know, a band like Haybreed that's kind of able to last this long and, and make a career out of it. Uh, do, you, do you kind of find that crazy, I guess? Well, you know, the metal scene had a lot to do with that breaking into the metal scene and appealing to metalheads. I think that's where Haybreed found its longevity, to be honest with you, you know, I, I, and if, you know, it'd be, it'd be silly to disagree with that because things, things like Ozfest and, you know, getting on a major label and the, and the soundtracks that they were on and the tours they've done with Slipknot and Slayer and, and all these metal bands, um, it puts them in front of the metal audiences. And I'm not saying everybody's going to like it. There's going to be a lot of haters, you know, especially when you're a different kind of band. But it, it was enough to grab those people and grab a fan base out of it and still have the hardcore fans at the same time. So I think that uh, it works like that, you know, and, and it's all been been all about smart decisions and and just, you know, obviously Jamie's have has his hand in the in in the industry big time, and I think that that goes a long way with the decision making of the band, and and you know, and we've seen other bands fail as well too, you know, and we don't want to make those mistakes, so you know, you can't keep everybody happy, but uh, you try to be uh, have some kind of integrity and and you know uh, just. Uh, you know, it's tough. It is tough out there now. It's different. You know, we try to be current. We try to play, bring younger bands on tour still. We we were on the Warped Tour this past summer. Obviously, that was a lot of younger people. And um, without losing, um, you know, the integrity of the band or just compromising, we always just try to make right decisions and breathe some fresh air into the boom when we can. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you a question. I was actually recently interviewed uh, for a book coming out about... Uh, about my time in Primer 55, about how I joined the band and how they were already an established band that I ended up joining and kind of the whirlwind of, uh, you know, one day I was delivering pizza and the next day I was on a, on a major national tour. Um, what was it like for you joining Hatebreed? I mean, you know, kind of getting that call or, or them saying, you know, like, yes, you're the guy. I mean, how was that for you? Well, it was something that we talked about for years. You know, when I, when I was in Integrity and Ringworm and those bands, we didn't really tour a lot, you know, even though I had a friendship with the Hapri guys, um, it was always talked about. Um, I was so close with those guys that it was like, you know, well, we're going to get you in this band someday, to be honest with you. I mean, that, that's really what went on. And, uh, you know, 
I ended up joining Terror very quickly. I was in and out of the band within less than two years, and uh, I had a good time there. I I, I, I kind of feel like it ran its course. I was unhappy at the end, and, and I'm sure that I did plenty of things in those two years to make them unhappy as well. So, um, And I'm, I'm still great friends with those guys. I love Scott. He's one of my best friends in the world. But um, I, to be honest with you, I was ready to go back to regular work and I thought I was done, you know, and, and just two years prior, I kind of quit everything I had going on in my life, you know, my son and, um, you know, when you, when you, when you leave and commit to touring, you, you leave, you put all those things on the back burner, your family, your job, your friends. So it was a little disappointing. And, and these guys were like, are you ready to be in the van? We've been talking about it long enough. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's like my prayers have been answered. And, you know, um, they were a four piece. They were a four piece for a while again, and they wanted to become a five piece on supremacy in 2006. So in March of 2006 was when I joined and, uh, you know, the transition wasn't too crazy because I was touring pretty heavily with Terror at the time overseas and here. And, you know, it's, um, and obviously that band's gone on to, to be something as well. So, um, you know, but the first couple shows I think were with corn in Australia in front of like 10,000 people. So, I think we, they threw me um, a little uh, a warm-up show in Connecticut, which was equally as nerve-wracking, considering who's this out-of-towner that's in our hometown band that's playing with them now, you know? Um, and so it, it was just, uh, I think I was more nervous at that small club show in Connecticut than I was in front of all the people in, at the corn show, but uh, and a lot of critics there. And one of those critics was Wayne, who was the original guitar player in the band and at the time and he he he's a hell of a player and he's now back in the band but we, you know I, we always laugh about that i was like i know that you were standing in front of the stage critiquing everything i did i know you were go ahead and admit it but uh it was a fun time and uh it's uh it's been a, it's been a fun ride so you, speaking of the ride, you guys just did Warp Tour over the summer, and then now it just came out that Warp Tour is ending. Did you kind of feel uh, have any kind of sense of that during the tour, or do you feel like uh, you know this is just something that's kind of also ran its course? It's strange because when the Warp Tour did their first tour ever, um, Hatebreed was what we call a dead. I'm sorry, Hatebreed Integrity was what we call a deadliner. So I think it was L7 and Quicksand were the headliners at the Cleveland show, and we got to play on the main stage after they did. So, you know, it, and, and, and I think within the next five years um, after that was probably the last times that I'd been to a Warp Tour. Now, obviously, I have friends that have done the tour. So in the recent years, I didn't really know too much about it. I mean, to be honest with you, I, w- I was talking to my friend, uh, Andy, who plays in Every Time I Die, um, before we went on a Warp Tour, because they're a staple of that tour, it seems like, every other year, if not every year. And I was like, man, what, what do I what do I need to do? What do I, what should I prepare myself for? What should I expect, you know? Oh, it's going to be great. You're going to have fun. And these young kids are going to love you guys and all that. And, you know, um, so I just, I was a little clueless as to, you know, how it was going to be. But we were blessed this year because we had guar and municipal waste and the adolescents and the case of strain and and um stick to your guns and and uh sick of it all and all these bands that we know or have toured with and are friends with and i feel like warp tour kind of went heavier this last year and picked up the slack for there being no you know real full-time Ozfest and, and no mayhem fest they they kind of wanted to 
uh, even though they didn't have the huge, huge headliners like they normally do, and I, I feel like because of that, the attendance was down a little, they, they really went heavier with the lineup. So um, I didn't see anything that would have thought, you know, um, to my knowledge, that this coming up year was going to be the end of it while we were doing this tour uh, this past summer. Do you think kind of think that a, a traveling tour like that is kind of uh, maybe the way of the past? You know, these, you know, with all the festivals that I know you guys play them, you know, the, the Rockvilles and the Rocklahomas and Rock on the Range and, and you know, Rock whatever else. But, uh, you, you know, those kind of destination fests are, are more prevalent now in the States than they were, obviously, in 95. Uh, do you kind of maybe feel like that kind of took up a huge chunk out of the Warp Tour? I think it's taken a huge chunk out of the, the traveling month, two month long summer tours. I really do because I think that America has finally caught up North America. That is finally caught on to what they've been envious of for so long is that, and that is the weekend long European festivals that everybody salivates over. You know what I mean? So now you have these things like Chicago open air and Fort rock and welcome to Rockville and Rocklahoma and, and rock on the range and all these three day festivals. And every year they just seem to get bigger and bigger and they get bigger headliners for them. And it's like, now that's the way of, of the festivals in America versus the, the two month long tour, because if you were to go out on a two month long tour, you're going to conflict with these festivals and it's going to, it's going to make your show suffer for sure, because it's all about people having to come up with the money for these things. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, you're competing against days of the week and, and crossing, uh, crossing certain cities that, uh, and radius clauses and all that stuff that a lot of people don't know anything about who don't play in bands, um, the politics involved, you know, a lot of people always say, why were you guys playing here last night? And then you're driving all the way there. And they, because there's so much stuff involved in that stuff, you know, and bigger markets, smaller markets, weekday shows, other shows that are going on that week, not being able to get venues. It's all part of the puzzle. So I feel like, you know, that I, I really think that, you know, what you're saying is right. I think that the, the, um, the three day or weekend festivals are kind of dominating now, uh, versus, you know, having a mayhem or an odds fest or a summer slaughter or whatever those tours are that, that, you know, are, are touring, uh, during the summer months for, um, you know, uh, a, a certain amount of time. Yeah, I mean, we have the big, uh, you know, I do the show out of Louisville, and we have the big Louder Than Life Festival, and, and they, I think they did like uh, 80,000 people the first night because Ozzy headlined, and and they're so well ran, like these uh, Danny Wimmer festivals are just so well ran for so, someone that's been going to concerts, you know, since he was 15 years old, that the, uh, you know, that they're, they're normally a clusterfuck, but, you know, you go to this one, and it's, you know, spread out nicely, and it's in the nice park, and it sounds good, and, you know, the bands are quality, it's, it's the, you know, they're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, you know, you learn from you know, uh, the other festivals, whether it's one that's here or overseas, you know, you, you use that as a model and a blueprint and as a compass to, uh, you know, promote and, and put on your show. I mean, I am kind of sad to see the Warp Tour go. I mean, my wife is, uh, you know, she she likes to go every year, and we try to get to a date nearby. But uh, you know, it's 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 a sad thing for you know the the younger generation to maybe not be able to go to a a Warp Tour and find a you know a band like uh, you know even a No Effects or Bad Religion or this you know the Distillers or somebody like that. You know. Yeah, it's tough because it's just I, I feel like to be honest with you, it's just another blow to 
our kind of music that isn't hip hop or country, you know, uh, which is what rule obviously rules the airwaves and rules the charts and, and, and all that. So it's kind of a, it's like another blow we're taking, uh, you know, for, for, you know, rock music or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And the huge blow everybody's taking right now. And I know that, uh, yeah, I know you tour a lot and you've toured, you know, obviously since, uh, you know, you said the early nineties, even the late eighties probably did some shows and, you know, even myself kind of having to look back and, and hopefully, you know, no, uh, uh, shenanigans are going to pop up for any of us. But I mean, I mean, how many dudes do you think out there right now are kind of worried each day when they wake up that they're going to wake up to uh, a girl, uh, maybe from years ago, you know, maybe saying that some of the, some of the, uh, you know, sexual allegations went down. It's crazy. Everything. You never know. It's a different time now. You know, you, you, you hear this kind of stuff and you just try to avoid it and, and stay away from it. Um, you know, fortunately, uh, you know, we're an older band now and it's just, uh, the heyday of partying and all the craziness is, is behind us. But like even, even terror attacks and things like that, you see concert venues are a target now, um, with anywhere in the world you go. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's a completely different game nowadays. And, um, it, it it's insane to me how much it's changed versus the longevity of how things were just normal for lack of a better term, as, as far as the touring life concerned. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, the normality of just being able to go on tour and not worry about anything is definitely gone. I mean, now, like you said, you've got, uh, you know, the, the sexual allegations that could pop up. Now you've got terrorist attacks that are popping up. It's, 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 uh, you know, that, yeah, you know, sure. Security things like that. And you also see, um, people that have, um, bad accidents with their tour buses and, and vans and stuff like that all the time too. So yeah, it's definitely not a, uh, it's not all, all sunshine and roses out there, I guess. It's not. <laughs> uh, let's jump on. I know you're a huge kiss fan. And, uh, one thing actually I'll get to this, the one thing I've noticed with Hey Breed and, uh, and I guess you guys have gotten to a point in your career where you can kind of do this type of stuff, but, I know that Hebrew kind of got off the road for a minute there because, you know, you had a, your sister's wedding to attend. You also had the Kiss Cruise to attend. And you know, I think it's amazing that the band kind of takes that kind of stuff into, a, a, you know, context or whatever when you're trying to, you know, you're, you're living your life and also being in Haybreed. I mean, you guys kind of look at it for each other like that. Well, fortunately for my um, vacation lifestyle, as I like to call it when I'm not on tour, Jamie's busy doing a lot of other projects. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, busy, I think he's yeah he's making a record with D Snyder or something right now so I was like you know he, if, if somebody needs dates off or a, a thing he'll he'll definitely fill them with something that he likes to do or you know he, he doesn't stop working he's he's the hardest working person in the music industry I know of but um um, you know, I, it's, uh, the thing about it is when I joined Hapri, it would be nothing for us to do 300 shows a year. And we just don't tour like that anymore. I think it's too much, um, for us to do it like that. And, uh, to be honest, it's a little bit of overkill. I mean, you can only go to the same city so many times per record. So it's like, we try to keep it to around six months, uh, of the year at the most that, that we're on, on tour. And that's enough for us to hit the places we need to, to, to play and, and still do our thing. So, um, you know, it, it all works out like that. And, and obviously when you're, you're home more than, than, you know, or the same amount of time that, that you're on the road versus being gone 10 months of the year, you're able to get out and, and do things and, and live your life and make it to, to weddings and funerals and important things and, and, and spend time with your family and do that kind of stuff when you're, when you're not on the road. 
so like I said, you just went to the Kiss Cruise. Uh, what are the highlights of the Kiss Cruise this year? Um, watching with George Lopez get booed off the stage. That was <laughs> pretty fun. Um, um, I don't know. I, it's, to me, it's the best vacation ever. I mean, I'm a huge Kiss fan, and and what they do for the fans on that cruise is amazing. You know, we they play songs that they never, ever, ever, ever play. They're completely gems, and every even every cruise they play songs they haven't played on that cruise before and these are songs you would never hear live and this is the only place they can do that because this is the diehard of the diehards you know you're not kiss isn't going to come to arena and start playing songs off music from the elder and our masks but when they do it on the ship we think it's the greatest thing in the world we don't we don't want to hear detroit rock city we don't want to hear rock and roll all night so it was a fun time and, and there's a lot of us to go i mean there's there's at least 20 of us that go and do it every year and they're cool about taking us to different destinations every year. I mean, we, we on the five cruises I've done, and there's been seven so far, but just those alone, we've been to Jamaica and, and Cozumel and Grand Cayman and Costa Maya and the Bahamas and Key West. So it's always going to different spots. They're always bringing different bands along because it's not just it's not just Kiss. You know, there's other bands on the ship as well. Um, and they've had some, some good stuff over the years, and uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, I get to take uh, my son and my fiance and, and all my friends from Cleveland come uh, as came throughout the years, my sister and a couple of the ringworm guys. And we have a really good time. I saw that the uh, the, the huge rave, I think, was for uh, for for the set that Bob and Bruce Kulik did together. Uh, did you get a chance to catch that one? You know what? I didn't watch that. And I really wish that I did because I saw the YouTube footage and I was just like, to me, it was like, you know what? I don't need to see some other guy up there. That's not Gene or Paul or even Eric or Tommy for that matter, singing kiss songs. But, you know, I, judging by the YouTube videos and, and the, and the, um, the, uh, you know, the having, uh, Bob and Bruce up there playing in the set list and the songs they did, it was awesome. Um, so I feel like, you know, that was in between the two KISS shows. That was in between the Sail Away show and the theater show. So I feel like KISS really went and um, put on a show, you know, and did some songs that we never thought they would, would do. And it's funny, we, we had an we had, we had a all-inclusive uh, resort. We, we kind of get off the ship and go do one of those all-inclusive resorts for the day so we could swim in those nights in that nice water down there in the Caribbean. And it's like an all, all you can drink thing. So, you know, all of us went, we were getting after it. And then we were like, Oh man, we got to get back. Cause we had to see kids tonight. We might have to shut it down for a couple hours and, and regroup. So uh, our uh, cabin was above the theater where kids play. So I just remember laying down at like three in the afternoon and I, but there's bands playing all over the ship. So you always can hear music at some point. So I heard somebody playing I off the elder. And I was like, who the hell is playing I off the elder on the boat? That's weird. I didn't think nothing of it. Well, later that night, that's what kiss closed with after they played rock and roll all night. So then I realized after talking to, um, Fran, who was Paul's tech in the casino at the end of the night, he's like, yeah, that was them rehearsing. Oh, wow. So they were rehearsing those songs right on the ship with the, you know, they they locked the, the, the theater down. And I, that was uh pretty funny to, to, to think about it. So he's like, yeah, they're rehearsing tomorrow at three o'clock uh, also for the second show. So I was in my cabin at three listening to Gene's bass pounding through the wall so I can hear what songs they were going to do that night. But yeah, it was pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, a lot of people were ranting and raving about the Kulik Brothers uh, show that they, they'd done. And it was cool that they were aboard. 
no pun intended. <laughs> nice. Are you are you are you recognized on a cruise like that? There's a there's a there's a few people, but it's not many, just because it's a completely you know different kind of style. You know, obviously, Hapri's a little bit gnarly for a kids crowd, but you know, I see the Steel Panther guys on there, and, and you know, they, there's other people that recognize me that uh, you know are a little more open minded and, and and know their underground stuff and, and whatnot, but. It's fine, you know, because it's not a lot of people, and it's I don't I don't I'm not getting bothered or anything like that. But to be honest with you, I think like even even if it was like that, I think that just the etiquette of the people that go on the cruises is so cool that they they just know not to bother people and stuff. Because even even uh you know how the fans act when they see Kiss, they know just you know not to get too crazy. Even though Kiss fans are out of their effing <laughs> minds completely, they'll murder you over a guitar pick. But um, I think for the most part. You know, I think that the, you know, the the whole uh, ship vibe is like, you know, pretty chill. So, are you going to make it down to Atlanta for the uh, for Vinnie Vincent's uh, re reemergence? I, I really wish that I could make it out to that because I did fly out to LA last year to hang out with Peter Chris and Bruce Kulick. But we're in Europe, we're in Europe, and it's just one of those things. So. Unfortunately, I won't meet Vinny. Uh, he's one of the ones I've never met. I, I, he and Mark, he, I'm sorry, he and Eric Carr, I haven't met. I've met Bruce, and, and I actually got to meet Mark St. John, too. And oh, wow. Obviously, Ace and Paul, Gene and Peter, Eric, Tommy. But I, I really would like to meet Vinny and have him sign a couple things and you know do the picture and all that. But unfortunately, um, I'm out of town. But to be honest with you, I think the kind of money that these things rake in that Peter made from doing his after he did the LA one, you saw he did the New York one, and then he went to Australia and did it. I kind of feel like if Vinny shows up this time and, and does like he's supposed to and doesn't kind of flake like he has in the past and, you know, sees that it's well run by the people that are doing it and the amount of money that it, that it pulls in from the autographs and the photos and the ticket sales and all that stuff, I feel like that he might end up doing a few more. So. Yeah, he lived in a when I, I you know I grew up in Nashville and he lived you know obviously in the middle of Tennessee for a long time and yep. uh, late '90s I went to uh, to to a t-shirt place to pick up some t-shirts from my local band that I had at the time and the people working there were you know just they were old people that just you know had a t-shirt place and and they saw that I was a uh, you know in a band and they're like how do you like you know do you like Kiss and I'm like yeah and they're like uh, this guy named Vinny Vincent was just in here ten minutes ago picking up shirts for his uh, for his solo stuff and I missed him by like. 10 minutes <laughs> obviously never got to meet him though that's funny that that you were that close to seeing him because i know that when he was in tennessee he was like even the neighbors never saw this guy you know and when they did they thought it was some woman living next door you know i've read i've read the stories and all that it's so bizarre how he was there living there and and there's a really good article in rolling stone from years ago that talks about vinnie vincent and, and him him living there and uh it's 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 a good read if anybody wants to check it out. Yeah. Also, you should check out check out the uh, the Decibel Geek podcast. They have about six or seven Vinnie Vincent specials. Oh, uh, okay. And, and like he, uh, the Chris Sinzak, the one of the hosts over there, huge Vinnie fan, and uh, track he's tracked down you know people that played in uh, what is it, the band New England, and he's talked to you know obviously yep. Robert Fleischman, and he's 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 interviewed tons of people. Even Mark Slaughter sat down and did a uh, Vinnie Vincent interview with him a couple of years ago. So, uh, wow. so yeah, it's, it's, it's some good stuff. And I think it's all on, uh, you know, obviously you can find it in podcast form and find it on YouTube also. But yeah, if you like Vinny and the, the mystery around Vinny, that's something to definitely check out. Sweet. I will do that. The other thing you, you actually kind of 
glossed over there, but you know, you've recently become a uh, an engaged man. How are you feeling about that? Great, great. I, uh, I, you know, we have a great woman, and we live here in Florida, and we enjoy our time here. And, um, you know, it's a completely different life than when I'm on the road because it's just, um, you know, come home and and doing fun things, and then just enjoying life to the fullest as as you can because. The older you get, the, you realize that, you know, the, the things that you thought were more important um, aren't maybe as much as uh, compared to family and, and your really close friends. So and that being said, I just was at my sister's wedding this weekend up in Cleveland and uh, I saw some friends and family that I haven't seen in years. And it really was kind of almost emotional for me to not just, not because she was getting married and, you know, and, and, and it was beautiful uh, ceremony and all that. She, she's actually married one of my, one of my best friends, somebody that I've known longer than, than she has, which is super cool. He's a great guy, but just to be around the family and the friends and everybody in one place and see how my nieces and nephews have grown and, and all that stuff. And to have my son there who they haven't seen in a long time and, and, um, and, and introduce everybody to Christina, the family that, that, um, hasn't met you know uh hasn't met her it was just a, it was a good experience um and uh you know these are the kind of things that are just you know again as you get older that that that's just they're very meaningful you know and my grandmother had passed away recently and and we lost a couple other family members and that's what happens when you get older you know what i mean like uh especially just even relating to music you see these these idols of ours that are just passing away and it's it's because we're all getting older, you know, it's not like, uh, people are dying at 27 anymore. Like, you know, the, 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 you know, like your old rockers were, you know, it's just, uh, we're older now and people are, you know, our idols and our heroes that we grew up listening to. They're obviously nine times out of 10, around 20 years older than we are. And, and, you know, uh, that's just how it goes. So. Yeah, it's been a crazy week, you know, when we're recording this, obviously, uh, you know, Malcolm Young just passed away. Or are you a big ACDC yeah. guy? I'm a huge ACDC guy. Like, I just, I live off those Bond Scott records, and uh, it was just sad, you know, and I, I, we, I, we knew that he wasn't well, obviously. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't even touring with them, I don't think, but uh, it's just, uh, it's one of those things, you know, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's sad, and, 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 get out and see any of these bands that you can, if you haven't gotten a chance to see one of these older rock bands that you grew up listening to, just to say you saw them. Uh, I was able to take my son to see Motorhead right before Lemmy had passed and we did the cruise with them. And that was so cool. And something he still talks about to this day and probably will forever. But, uh, you know, you got to get out there and, and, and see these, these bands and appreciate it before they're all gone. So, Absolutely. I think Angus is having a pretty rough, uh, pretty rough month from what they were saying. I guess his other, his older brother passed away, I guess, within the last month too. So he's had both his brothers pass. Oh man, that's terrible. I didn't hear that. Yeah, it's not very good, man. Uh, Speaking of the, uh, the, the fiance and stuff, I mean, did you do something romantic to, uh, to propose? What did you do there? Uh, We went to a private island actually um, that I haven't been to in a very long time. and, And it was great because we did, we went there in the off season. So we were like the only people there. And there's usually, you know, it's a, it's a snowbird kind of place for people who don't know snowbirds are people that live up North when it's nice. And they come down here when it, when it's, when it's, when it's not so hot. So, you know, uh, we went in the off season, um, and, uh, we pretty much had a place to ourselves. So it was super cool. And, uh, we had a great time. Like we always do. We try to try to try to do, do stuff all the time and be active and, 
and, and enjoy the weather and get out and, and be outdoors. And, you know, we, she, she works very hard and, and obviously with me being gone half the year, uh, we try to try to do a lot of cool and fun stuff when I, when I am home. Absolutely, man. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's ask, uh, let's jump into sports real quick and then I'll let you get out of here. But, uh, what's going on with the Broncos this year, man? I tell you what, man, it's been a tough year for my orange and blue team. Saturday, I watch the Gators lose every week, and Sunday, I watch the Broncos lose. So I, I don't. I think Denver's in need of a quarterback. I think they have no direction right now. And I really was never sold on Simeon in the first place, even though Alway swore by this kid. He's not the guy. He was too inconsistent. And it's like, I feel like what really put him over the edge was, you know, you go back to week three and four when the media was blowing him and they're talking to him on Monday Night Football when they're not even playing. Oh, my God, your team's amazing, unstoppable. You're the guy, the number one defensive football, and you guys are firing on all cylinders. It's like, nope. Nope. And now they're now they're off to their worst start since I think nineteen seventy one or something. They haven't won haven't won in what, two months or something like that. So it's a tough watch every every uh every week and I I I'm, I'm to be honest with you, it's 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 kind of the wheels are falling off. Elway kinda of called out the team and said they're playing soft and now all the players are pissed because he said that and like it's just tough to watch. But uh at this point of the season, I'm just really hoping that we can get a quarterback for next year. And I'm enjoying watching other teams be successful, teams like Philadelphia. And I don't care about these teams, but to watch somebody else be good, see the Vikings be good. Um, obviously, the Patriots are good, but we'll, we'll hope that they lose at some point, hopefully in the playoffs. But uh, it's just, um, you know, it's uh, – it's crazy how the football season's been. I feel it's kind of unpredictable. It's like, are, are you know, take a team like Carolina. It's like, are they good or are they bad? I don't know. Like Atlanta, are they good or are they bad? I don't know. You know, it's it's um, it's wild. It's wild, and to see the injuries and out to the quarterbacks and um, what else is going on. Like, you know, the Raiders. I thought were going to be really good this year, and they're garbage now. Um, which I, I, yeah, and I just don't think Lynch panned out how they thought he was going to. They certainly got their issues, so we'll see what happens. There's, you know, I did enjoy watching Martin Truex Jr. win the Cup yesterday. It was a good story, and that was good for the sport, I think. And uh, kudos to him, and uh, that was pretty awesome. And 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 that's it, really. I'll, we'll hope that my Lakers get LeBron next year, and and they could do something because those kids out there need they need uh they need somebody else out there besides besides Lonzo. Yeah, I tried to uh, I tried to actually be a Cleveland fan for a day because uh, my Titans lost to the Steelers, so I needed them to beat the uh, Jaguars to stay in first place. And I actually watched an entire Cleveland Browns football game uh, Sunday, and God, I was just like, I, I I couldn't take it. Uh, no, the the co-host of the show now is uh, he's a big Cleveland fan. He's a Cleveland guy, and he's you know Brown. He watches the Browns every week, and I texted him. I'm like, I don't know how you do this, man. This is terrible. Yeah, fortunately for them, the Indians have had success, and obviously the Cavs, but I know for a fact, just being from Cleveland and, and, and talking to to my uh, my friends and family up there, um, tickets were 5 and $6 for that game right. well, yesterday. I just checked, uh, the Titans play at Indianapolis uh, Sunday, and uh, I went on, I went on StubHub to see because you know Indianapolis is about an hour and a half away from me, and uh, I, I found tickets for eight dollars. I was like, Jesus Christ! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and and, and and mentioning Jacksonville, I mean, you know, they're they're another one that's really been impressive this year as well. So you don't don't expect that out of any of these teams down here. 
but uh, I think feel like Jacksonville, especially like I would have thought out of Miami and Tampa Bay, they would have been the last ones that would have been ended up being good, but and so be it. You guys are doing the uh, 20 years of satisfaction, 15 years of perseverance tour, and uh, you guys will be here in Louisville in a couple of weeks. I'll definitely be out there to check that out. And uh, man, just had good luck on tour. Looking forward and appreciate the interview. Love the knowledge you got. And uh, you always ask some good questions, and we'll look forward to seeing you in uh, in, in a couple of weeks, I guess. Then, right? That's yeah, a couple of weeks. I think it's like December second here, in a in a kind of a smaller club. I'm kind of excited to see uh, Haybreed back in a in a in a club that might get a little sweaty. All right, looking forward to it. We'll see you then. Okay. All right, Frank. Thank you. you got it. Today is not the fucking day. Last in one fight with the pain. Their negative ways giving birth to endless cries and complaints. Not too close, just boiling with rage. I choke on this feeling of war in my throat every day. Swallowed every bitter pill, now I'm forced to chew. Hearing every vicious word, they're filthy mouth too. My thoughts descend into the abyss. My heart is begging me to finish it. Today, I wish a motherfucker would try. Think of someone other than themselves. up it's jose magnet from sirius xm and you are listening to talk to me yeah
with Mr. Murder featuring Brock Lindau of 36 Crazy Fist. And before that, you heard Hatebreed with Seven Enemies. And uh, you can check out uh, the review of the new All Hail the Yeti over there on MetalNexus.net. Make sure to head over there, check out all the metal news, reviews, interviews, all the great stuff at MetalNexus.net. And uh, yeah, Mr. Murder, that's a very topical song for, uh, for all of our Charles Manson stuff from earlier. I gotta say that's one of the that's one of the best band names I've heard in a while. <laughs> All hail, All the, hail Yeti. the Yeti! That is awesome. And featuring a friend of the show, Brock Lindell, Thirty Six Crazy Fist. So, I'm probably the one podcast that has said the word Thirty Six Crazy Fist more than anybody because I think I talk about them every week during the puck hockey stuff. And uh, obviously, they've been on the podcast uh, I think three times now. So I'm like uh, Thirty Six Crazy Fist Central over here. Yeah, you're a fan. You know what can you say? Nothing wrong with that. We do a lot of Pantera stuff, too. So That is a lot of Pantera stuff on this podcast. Podterra, that's what we're going to be called, <laughs> yeah, or Pantera be- <laughs> Cast. <laughs> that'll be the new one, Podterra. Yeah, that was my cover band there for a minute. But, uh, you know, the last time I went and saw 36 Crazy Fish, you know what I did? What did you do? I took photos of them. I took photos of them with my cell phone from the crowd. Ooh. What do you think about that? Was that, was that a no-no? It was not a no-no. There were no signs anywhere saying I couldn't do it. Unlike the uh, recent uh, Perfect Circle shows that had the uh, the no cell phone cameras, no uh, no nonsense up, put that shit in your pocket and enjoy the show. Sixty uh, what? Sixty two people got removed for doing that. Yeah, I think that was the official 60. number. Get them out of there. I am I am so against that policy, and I, I'm just you know Corey Corey Taylor is another one that you know he had there was video of him that you know smacking someone's hand out of their phone in the front row and stuff and he's always yeah. bitching and complaining about it and i just I, I i don't see the point why these guys get all worked up over it it's you know to me you're playing to a couple thousand people or sometimes several thousand people a few people on their phones you still got thousands of other people that are just rocking out why are you focused on those couple people and I mean, especially with the, with the I price. will say I will say I, I I agree with you on on most of that, but I will say that your your number I think is a bit off because I've been to a ton of shows where, you know, the entire first few rows have their phones out with you know aimed at the at the stage doing Facebook Live and 
and not all that nonsense. So, I mean, I think there's a, a ton of people with their phones out, you know, filming the show, taking photos and stuff. And most of the shows I go to that have that stuff going on, I mean, you know, our good friend Mike at uh, MDG Rock Photography, he's there taking actual good photos. I mean, there's going to be photos of the show and your cell phone camera is not going to pick up a good live show. So, I mean, there's really no point in uh, in taking so many photos. You know, take one quick one or whatnot if you want to post and say, look where I'm at or something. But, you know, taking multiple ones, taking, you know, filming the entire show, stuff like that, it's pointless. Well, but, yeah, but wh- why is it the artist's artist's place to tell somebody that like well you shouldn't do that especially i mean with with especially with the price of concert tickets these days it, you know with what people are paying to get into these concerts if, if that's what they want to have mementos of, of you know the show and stuff i mean there's there's people that go to these things that can't afford t-shirts and you know hats and all that kind of stuff so their their souvenir is some video or you know some pictures i mean even me i'm not a I'm not a big video picture guy at all. But even me, when I was at yeah. Dream Theater in uh, Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, I you know I got I have I have pictures and I have a little video of one of the you know John Petrucci playing a solo in the middle of one of the songs and you know the th- the thing with Maynard's band you know Maynard uh, Maynard what's it Maynard Maynard James Keenan I don't want to mess it up um, yeah you know not a yeah that's it not a big fan of his um, <laughs> just not a tool guy all my friends are but. Um, you know, every one of his bands, you know, uh, Perfect Circle, Tool, Pussifer, they all have mm-hmm. that, they all have that, you know, kind of rule that, you know, if you're caught, you're busted. And I, I just, it's like, well, who yeah, the hell are you to tell people how they're going to enjoy the show? But what's the difference between you going to a Broadway play? And I know that a Broadway play, you're not going to have your phone out taking a bunch of photos. I know I've done to, I've gone to, uh, you know, the the Kentucky Performance Arts Center here and seen actual, you know, gigantic plays. And basically, the first thing is, you know, no cell phones. Uh, you know, I go to, you go to the movies. You know, you're you're going to go watch the Last Jedi. You're not going to be taking photos of the screen and halfway through the show and people around you. If you know, if you did that shit, you get your phone knocked out of your hand and. You know, you go to you go to these shows. I mean, what's 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 the difference in a live show as opposed to a Broadway play or anything else that's uh, you know basically on stage in front of you? Well, I, I think I think it's it's how much it interferes with the enjoyment of the people around you. I mean, at, at a rock concert, it's incredibly loud. There's lights and stuff going crazy all around you. Whereas, you know, if the, I mean, if the guy standing in front of me has his camera phone out, I'm it drives me up a wall because it's like it's like that just distraction thing, like right there. Like I tend, I tend to actually like focus on the phone itself and like start watching the show from the phone rather than, uh, you know, the 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 show actually in front of me. It is a distraction. It's a distraction to a lot of the people around you. Yeah, but you can in that environment you can go, hey man, like I can't see like. You're kind of blocking my view, and it's like, okay, cool. But you know, at a movie, it's it's pitch black, and everyone's focused on the screen. So if all of a sudden there's like this bright ass light right down in front of you, that's you know, right. Again, you tell somebody, hey man, cut it out. I mean, it's one of those things. I, I really think it's the environment and the and the Broadway show type of thing. I mean, that one's even more obvious because you got people acting, and if there's you know bright lights and stuff, it's like it could be screwing them up, taking them out of character, and affecting what they're actually able to do on the stage right. so that that one's a little bit different i think I don't, I don't think that one would necessarily apply but in terms of like a movie or something i mean believe me i i i totally get it you know i understand that it can be a distraction and i, I don't i don't dispute that at all that's up to the person taking the video and the people around them to 
have a little bit of manners for each other and you know like don't don't block somebody's view and you know if somebody is blocking your view be cool about it and ask them not to this that and the other why the artists give a damn or they're starting to tell people what they can and can't do i, I don't know yeah i mean i get you I, I think that uh i mean i guess it's the same thing as you know art most artists if they ha- allow photography you know it's the first three songs and then it's over with you know you you got to get that out of the way and i think that uh you know, I think that if if the fans maybe took that first three song kind of uh, mentality, where the you know take your take your photos, the first couple of songs, and then put it up, man, and have a good time. There was uh, I went and saw Rob Zombie at um, Riot Fest with the Misfits when they played in Chicago last year, and during Thunderkiss '65, I think it was, or the, one of one of the last songs, he kind of did a breakdown and he made everyone put their phones up. And, you know, they started the song and then a couple of phones popped out and he stopped the song again. And he was, but it was, in, it was all in fun. It wasn't like, uh, I'm, I'm not playing unless you guys put your phones up, but he did it. And I, it had been years and years since I had seen a crowd get that into a band because no one had their phones out. They were all living in the moment and it was a great time. So, I mean, I understand Bands not wanting the first few rows standing there like they're in a in a press conference, you know, with their phone, with people with their phones up taking videos. I mean, you know, you want to you want to have a good show and have fun and not worry about am I sucking my gut in on this song? I don't know. I I just, I mean, I you know, playing in a cover band. I mean, it's not nearly like a touring band, but there are tons of phones and people taking video and stuff like that, and it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't bother me. I'm like, you know, do what you want to do. If if if, if yeah. that's how you're getting enjoyment out of it, that's fine. You know, it's and if 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 you if you want to remove yourself from the the visceral part of the live show by just experiencing it through a screen, that's your that's your prerogative. It's no skin off my nose. You know, Dream Theater made fun of it one time. I saw him in Chicago, and James Labrie, the singer, was uh, he was saying, you know, you guys, you know, I don't understand why everybody's like on the phones and stuff. And it's like, you know, if it was me, I wouldn't do that. And you know, I don't do that kind of stuff with my phone. And then he turns and waves John Petrucci over. He goes, "Hey man, let's get a selfie." And they literally took a selfie, put it on their Twitter and Instagram. Right then, it was it was really oh, funny. Oh man, those those Dream Theater guys. Well, you no, shut they're up. <laughs> at least they're not being douchebags. Like you can't you can't be at my concert. Like you know, these people pay good money to come to the, to see a band, and then some yeah. weirdo prick decides, "Oh, you can't be here because you're doing something I don't like." Well. Fuck you, dude. Well, I, was, I mean, I say it's the same thing as the Broadway thing. I mean, there were signs posted, multiple signs. Uh, I would like to have thought that maybe, you know, they would do a warning like, no, seriously, we're not kidding about this phones thing. And people be respectful of that. If, if you know, I, I know you don't like Maynard. I don't I'm not a huge fan. I actually like Perfect Circle, but I'm not a huge Tool fan. But if I go to a show and the artists themselves ask the fans like, hey, you know, no photography tonight, no cell phones, let's have a good night, blah, blah, blah. I, I feel like if you're a fan of the band, you would, you know, you would respect the wishes of your favorite band. If the, you know, if people that are going to a Perfect Circle concert, no matter the price of the ticket, are Perfect Circle fans and the band themselves have said, hey, you know, no photography. Well, can you not, why can't you respect the, the, the wishes of the band? No, I mean it makes sense. I and mean, again, I hate I hate to bring it back to Dream Theater, but I mean the the tour <laughs> they did for their concept record, they actually had a no photography rule. And the one show I saw, 
security was being militant, man. Like before the show started, they would if people even even before they were even playing, people were trying to take pictures of the stage with not with nobody on it, just like the backdrops and stuff. And they were like, "Nope, put that away." And I, you know, people were pissed about it. And I, I understand. I understand why. I mean, it's when you when you pay money for a concert ticket, unless you're being a dick to somebody, and you're ab- abusing the privilege. I mean, you know, I, I've I've been front row at a Van Halen show, and there was this dude like twice my size that was third row, and he was trying to, you know, bull his way up to the front, and he he kept trying to <laughs> smash me out of the way, and I was elbowing the dude in the kidneys. He's probably pissing blood the next morning. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like if if you're if you're doing that, then okay, yeah, then you. That that's when you cross the line of well, you paid for your concert ticket, you can do what you want. That, that's different, but to just take some pictures and video because you like to relive the experience, it's I, I just don't understand why that's a problem, and especially to remove somebody for it after they've put you know good money in your pocket to come you know support you and see you perform. I just I just can't get behind that. I, I I'm just against that. I just really don't see I mean, why it's a big it, I deal. I guess it's one of those things where, I mean, uh, well, I mean, you just sat there and said the Dream Theater had that rule up. I mean, is that something that you would go to see Dream Theater and they say, you know, Dream Theater requests no photos and no video tonight? Are you going to whip out your phone and like say, fuck you, Dream Theater? No, of course I paid not. 100 bucks for this seat. So, I mean, so, so you're going to respect the wishes of the band. And so they've got the, uh, you know, the other guys up there that are, uh, you, you know, Basically kicking people out for the for doing that stuff. What what would Dream Theater do if if people are starting to pull their phones out? You know what are they doing there? Um, well, I didn't see anybody get kicked out because it was you know That's they right. were told like hey don't do it so they didn't do it. And I mean you know, like I say it's not I'm I'm not against these people getting kicked out because that's what they were told. If if it's up there like hey man if you take video we're gonna boot you and you're stupid enough to do that and get caught well you knew so it's not that it's just the concept in general of you know trying to dictate someone's experience at the show. You know and and that's the thing. I mean, the whole point of music and live performance is you know the experience of it and people experience it different ways and they get different vibes off of it and what if that's the way somebody really gets off on what you're doing and you're just completely yeah. taking it away you're kind of dictating to them. Well, I think I think you should watch it like this. Like, well but but you're not them, dude. Like, leave it up to them. They paid for the ticket. Let them let them experience it the way that, you know, makes the most sense for them. As lo- again, as long as you're not being a douchebag and ruining other people's you know experience. But otherwise, I just think it's pompous to say, well, I think you should do this. You know, he said it. What did he say in the statement? It's a guided experience or something. It's like, well, yeah, put your phones up and enjoy the enjoy the you know yeah, enjoy un- the experience, unplug, which is the what ride. you're there yeah, for. Guided, yeah, yeah, guided experience. Unplug, enjoy the ride. It's like, like don't don't you have you just shut up and go put on your stupid riot gear and go hide in the dark in the back of the stage and leave people <laughs> alone, you know? Like, so it's okay for Dream Theater to do it, but not for a perfect no, circle. No, I, I to. no, as I said, I I thought it was dumb. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's it just no, it's fucked up. But I will say, I bet you, uh, next perfect circle show, well, there's probably no phones out. So they 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 made their they made their point, and uh, people are gonna get it. Like no shit, oh, they're being for for real. Okay, definitely not gonna waste my you know, eighty bucks or hundred bucks or whatever the ticket prices are on a perfect circle show. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna. And what's so, so fucked up about a perfect circle? And it's almost kind of in that dream theater vein, yeah, where people are such diehard fans of that type of band that they're going to get kicked out. They're not going to be one less fan. They're just going to be like, 
I can't believe Maynard kicked us out. Love that guy. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, I mean, I may not agree with the policy, but as I said, I, I mean, it is, it's really stupid. If you're warned, you know, I, I, I never feel bad for people when they're warned about something happening to them and then they go and do it anyway. It's just right. like, you know, like, I don't, under, I don't understand that concept. Like, you, you know there's consequences that are going to happen, and yet you're still doing it. So I, I don't feel bad for you. And, you know, if you, if you know that going in, while, while I may not agree with it, I mean, that is how they want it, and you know that's part of the price of admission. And I, I right. will say, like I, like I say, I don't care if people do it. I don't, you know, again, I've had people do it at shows, and sometimes there's pe- I mean, I've had people up front record literally like an entire show from like five feet in front of my face, which, which to me is kind of weird, but I'm like, all right, whatever, you know. I'd be interested to see what we look like live from an outsider's perspective. Um, I mean, I... That's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to look at it from that from that angle. It's it's like free promotion. I mean, it's free publicity for you guys because a lot of times, if somebody's taking a photo of you from the crowd, they're posting on Facebook like, "Oh man, I'm checking out this killer cover band," or "I'm checking out this killer band," and you know, so you've got that going for you, and uh, you know, it's basically just a, like a free ad on their on their Facebook. So, yeah, you know, you've got that side of it. Yeah, I mean, like, I like what I was going to finish with was I don't I don't. I don't understand it personally. Like, I never feel the need to have video and pictures and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I've done it very, very sporadically, and it's more of just a, hey, check this out. I'm at this concert. Look how cool this guitar solo is or something. Right. But it, it, I just, you know, it's it's not my particular way of enjoying a show. Um, and I do agree with one thing that Maynard said, and I don't know if it was him or if it was the guitar player, I think, but they were saying that, you know, that one of the, the reasons that they have that rule is because instead of, you know, people connecting over the music via computers and cell phones and stuff, if you don't have picture and video, you have to tell somebody about it. So it's promoting interpersonal conversation. It's, it's taking technology out of the equation. And, and that I agree with completely. Right. I think it's, I think it's honestly like, to be honest, I think that, I think it's brilliant from that perspective. I, I wouldn't do it personally, but I think that reasoning is, is perfect. And I, I completely agree with that. I just, I just, I just wouldn't do it at my shows. And I just, again, with what people are paying for concert tickets to try and tell them what well, you can and can't do this is like kind of just kind of a dick move to, to me, but you know, right. At least their hearts in the right place. Well, definitely have to keep our cell phones up next time we go and see anybody. And uh, make sure if you're using your cell phone, you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. That's what you do <laughs> next time you go to see a Perfect Circle or a Dream Theater. Just whip it out and just, uh, just, just give us a nice five-star rating, a nice five-star review, and be like, hey, we're not taking a photo. We're just subscribing to the Talk To Me podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> That might get you a backstage pass. It's so cool. <laughs> there you go. Uh Let's let's end with this. This will be our final thoughts. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. It's a Thanksgiving. Today's Thanksgiving when this episode comes out, and I just want to say thank you, John, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate that, man. I I, I am very thankful to be on the show. I re- I know you and I text sometimes drunkenly, at least on my part. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, I really I really am appreciative to be on the show. I'm having a blast doing it, and um, I hope that everybody's having a good time. You know, all the regular listeners are enjoying having me on and I'm the people that don't like me. I hope I'm at least tolerable enough to where you're not tuning out. 
But uh, it's been a really great time. It, it, dude, it's so hard to believe it's been like four, four and a half months. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. I I, had, I, I always still kind of feel like you're the new guy. And then I realized that you've been on the show since like July. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely thankful for that. Thankful for all the listeners out there. Thankful for all the, the PR people that I work with. Thankful for all the bands that have come on. And, uh, you know, obviously just thankful for all the listeners that uh, keep listening each week because, uh, you know, definitely wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you guys. So, so hopefully you guys that are in America are having a happy Thanksgiving and uh, everyone around the world. Thanks for checking us out each and every week. Yeah. If I can give out a final shout out before we get out of here, since it's Thanksgiving, it is also my mother's birthday falls right on Thanksgiving this year. And she will be three quarters of a century old, 75. Yeah. My mama, she's turning 75 and she certainly does not act it or look it. It's crazy. We asked her, uh, She's coming. In, she lives in Columbus, so she's two hours away. So she's coming in uh, Wednesday night to hang out, and we're getting some family together. And I said, you know, why don't we go do something? We can catch a movie. Or and she says, no. You know what I want to do? I want to go to the flats. I want to go to the dueling piano bar. I want to see some live music and you know have some drinks. And I was like, sweet. And it, and it come to find out that there's in the flats there's a little place that's like a beer like a beer bar. And I've played okay. it acoustically several times. And one of my closest friends, Nick Ammons is actually playing there so I'll be sitting in and doing a couple songs hopefully with him so I'll be even be performing for mom a little bit for her birthday so shout out to All my right, mom she can sing, sing her happy birthday I will <laughs> definitely do that so yeah shout out to my mom and the very happiest of thanksgivings to uh all you guys out there listening thanks again for checking out the show and I definitely am very thankful for you guys for giving us a platform to listen to ourselves talk for an hour every week so <laughs> Nice. Also, uh, last thing, uh, the, today's uh, Thanksgiving. Tomorrow is Friday. And uh, make sure and check out uh, Chris Aiken's new book, uh, Motley Crue Cause and Effect. It is uh, out now, uh, being Friday. You can pick it up and all that fun stuff. So make sure and go and, uh, you know, find the links, Google it, whatever you got to do to go and purchase our good friend Chris Aiken's new book. It's a great book. Uh, I listened to it. <laughs> I listened so to the I. audio version of it. It's a, it's a fun listen, man. If you like Chris, you like Chris Aiken, you like Motley Crue, uh, he tells some definitely some fucked up stories in that one. Uh, so make sure and check it out and uh, support our friends. Definitely. It's an awesome listen. It's an awesome read. And uh, if you've never had the pleasure of uh, get uh, any of Chris's writing before, this is definitely one of his better one of his better efforts. I like all of his stuff, but this one this one's pretty funny. <laughs> so it's a lot of good recollections about a very, very much maligned album that he really enjoys. Yeah, he's one of those assholes that uh, can just write. Like I, I had him write the original bio for Talk to Me, and I asked him. I asked him to write like three sentences or four sentences, like a quick recap of the show or something. He sent me back like this beautifully worded, like uh, you know, three paragraphs. And I was like, man, is this really me? Am I am I this cool? You know, like <laughs> I was like, I was like, I want to listen to the show too. Like after I got done with it. Yeah, I uh, so with with, it, with his other books, he's um. He, he sends me a lot of stuff when he's writing it to, you know, get, get an opinion and, you know, see what I think, if there's any major flubs or anything in there. But, uh, I, you know, the one book, I, I, don't, I don't remember if it was Little Victories or if it was uh, Call Me Chris, but he sent me the whole thing in a Word document before it came out to, you know, gauge my reaction to it. And he, it's, you know, he's, like you said, he's just natural. He's got a natural gift for it. But having read all mm-hmm. of his stuff... Every single word that he's written, 
he just it just improves all the time. I mean, and it's not that oh, he, yeah. write, he doesn't write all the time, but it's just it, he just keeps getting better and better at it. So it's it's definitely like I said, his Motley Crue book is definitely a very good read, and um, it's an interesting it's an interesting perspective on an album that not a lot of people got into. So. You know, it's 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 very it's a very interesting thing to check out. So, and there is bonus features yeah, on the audio book, as as he probably mentioned when you were talking to him. And uh, check it out. Yeah, the uh, the audio book has a uh, special, I guess, a discussion with Chris Sinzak of the Decibel Geek Podcast too. So, to it's it's always cool to hear my favorite podcasters talk to one another. Um, another one, uh, make sure and check out uh, Discography Discussion. Just had the Roach Coach podcast. Like they did a they did kind of a Roach Coach. Roach Coach versus Discography Discussion on Discography Discussion. So it's cool to hear the three hosts from Roach Coach, two of the guys from uh, Discography Discussion, just talking new metal and, and all that fun stuff. So that was a fun listen to. So uh, yeah, man, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, yeah, just make sure you are uh, are subscribed to us on all the platforms uh, if you want to. Make sure to check out iHeartRadio. Uh, checking us out at metalnexus.net/talk-to-me. Uh, for for the podcast, that's where the the podcast home is these days, and uh, yeah. So since since you're the host, man, you gotta you gotta end it end it for us here. <laughs> Thanks for checking out another episode of Talk to Me. Until next time, I am your sometimes host, John Drake, and I am Joshua Toomey. And we will catch you next time, kiddos. Hey man, look at me rocking out. I'm on the radio. Yeah.